What a holy moment with the Lord. Flip 180, you guys are free to go. Well, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and I'm going to preach my whole message. Um, I know it's 1138. If you need to go, um, go ahead. But um, we are in a season of deliverance, and what I have to say is going to be real important to part of that. Um, but we had some extra stuff today, so it pushed everything. That's okay. So... Today I'm going to talk about, if, you've, if you've, today's your first time, I've been uh, sharing on, um, for several weeks on some things that my wife and I, we were on a sabbatical in the summer, get some healing and rest, and um, we went to a ministry in North Carolina and got some uh, intensive inner healing uh, for our hearts, and, um, and so I've been sharing on that since I got back, and this is a continuation of, of those messages. If you, if you haven't heard and you want to get caught up, I encourage you to go to our, our website, myncwc.com, and um, go to the media tab, and then you can find the podcasts. And I believe this series is called Revelations from Rest, and you can start just listening through. My wife shared a couple of weeks, a real powerful message about an orphan spirit as well. Um, so I encourage you to, to go back, you know, um, I, 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 you know when I, I kind of have the ability to, it's because I'm a visionary leader, I can step back and I can look at things from a kind of a up, way up here kind of, and, and one thing I've I, I recognized is a pattern, and I'm sure it's everybody's this way, it's not just our church, but since this is where I work, um, I notice it here is that we, when God does something in our midst, um, we get real excited for about a week or however long the person's speaking on that certain thing. You know, I shared months and months ago about reading and making some good confessions about who we are and quit saying I'm, I don't like to read and, and cursing ourselves did even some healing on Broca's area in our brain. You remember that? You know, there was some, some power that was, you know, and, and, and started hearing, man, I'm reading more. I'm in my Bible now, and I'm doing it. I'm reading, and I'm going for it, and I'm going to be a reader, and it's hard, but I know I can do this. So how many are still there? <laughs> Good. We've got to take what the Lord brings to us as we eat from the table of the Lord, but we've got to make good use of it. Amen. It can't just be the hot topic and wow, that was neat and great revelation. No, everything in God is comprehensive. Remember in school, the comprehensive tests, you were like, I can't just study what we learned this week and take my pop quiz. You got to remember everything from the first day of class up till now. And that's how the kingdom is. It's comprehensive. So, so continue to digest what we're talking about, what God says prophetically, and make it um, a part of your devotion every day. Yes. Because God's speaking to you in this place. 
Amen? All right. Well, today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share on the third problem area that every Christian deals with. And again, when Michelle and I went to Restoring the Foundations, um, this was the third area that they dealt with us in our inner healing process. And what we're going to call this third area is this problem area is we're just going to call it soul spirit hurts. Soul and spirit hurts. And a definition, I'll give you a definition of what this means and then we'll kind of get into it. So a soul or spirit hurt is this. It's any harmful memory, hurtful, sorry, scratch, any hurtful memory resulting from a painful or traumatic experience. A spirit or soul hurt is any hurtful memory resulting from a painful or traumatic experience. Now, a a spirit or soul hurt is a wound to our soul that we carry and experience on the inside of us. They're not physical, so, so they can't really, you know, it's not like you cut your arm or something or you got a bruise. The, this is something that's happened on the inside of you. And, and their presence is usually revealed through the symptoms. Um, usually a, a soul or spirit hurt will surface uh, in situations, you know, when a situation occurs um, where we encounter someone that reminds us of a past hurtful experience. Um, around here, you'll hear people say that, you know, well, I got triggered, right? You know, something, you'll experience something, and you'll have this emotional, negative emotional reaction that's kind of, why did, why, where did that come from? Why did I act like that? And so, you know, it's, it's some... Some situation you may be in, maybe a person will remind you of a past hurtful experience and, and it'll trigger you to react uh, usually in, in some kind of ungodly way. And so the Bible word that um, we're going to use to describe this condition of a spirit soul hurt is the word broken hearted. Broken hearted. In all of scripture, the most accurate description of someone who experienced a hurtful or traumatic event that affected them emotionally is the word brokenhearted. And here's one of the key scriptures that you can use when you want to talk about this to other people. Why it's important. Isaiah 61 verse 1. Very popular, very familiar. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. And he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. One of the very missions of Jesus Christ was to come to the earth 
and to bind up or heal broken hearted people. Can someone say amen? amen? I mean, picture after picture, scene after scene, story after story is recorded in the Bible of Jesus meeting people at their point of pain. Ordinary people, trapped people, rejected, outcast, desolate, all of them were touched by the heart of Jesus's compassion. They were touched by his words of life. They were touched by his transforming power. Amen? Many encounters reveal Jesus' tremendous compassion for us. You know, think about uh, the, the lepers whom Jesus literally touched. He literally reached out and physically touched these diseased people, defying the whole Jewish law. What about the woman who was caught in adultery and whose death sentence was brought to the feet of Jesus? And it was revoked and her shame was removed. What about all the scared and frustrated parents of demonized children who had their precious little babies healed and their own hearts were mended when Jesus answered their cries for help. Jesus Christ came to this earth to heal broken-hearted people. Another great scripture that points this out is in Isaiah 53. It says, he was despised and rejected by men. Isaiah 53, verse 3 through 5. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. And he was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. Someone say amen to that. Amen. Now, if you look at those words throughout that whole passage, those, those verses offer a very powerful listing of pain-related words, mostly referring to inner pain. For example, the Hebrew word for sorrow is used throughout the Old Testament to refer to mental or emotional pain. The Hebrew word for grief means affliction or weakness or pain as well as sickness or disease. Isaiah 11 
verse two and through four says this. It says, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord and he will not judge by what he sees nor make decisions by what he hears, but with righteousness he will judge the poor and decide with fairness for the afflicted of the earth. The prophet Isaiah right here, he's, he's prophesying about the anointing about the wisdom and the tenderness of Jesus' ministry. He declared that Christ would not just rely only on his five senses, but he would be able to judge with righteousness and fairness. Another scripture to consider is Isaiah 42. In verse 3, it says, A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice. Now Isaiah is expressing the divine care, the divine tenderness with, with which Jesus treats the souls of men. This should be a very great comfort to those of us who are hurting. I mean, has anyone else felt like a bruised reed? Anyone ever felt like they were a dimly burning wick about to burn out? The tenderness of Jesus is poured out on all who are brokenhearted. Think about all the prayers and declarations that David even made. Psalm 147 verse 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and, and binds up their wounds. Isaiah 41 verse 4, I said, Lord, be merciful to me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. Psalm 23, verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. And he guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even the prophet Jeremiah declares on behalf of God in chapter 31, verse 25, he says, For I have satiated the weary soul. And I have replenished every sorrowful soul. You know, God throughout the, the Bible has all these wonderful, great names associated to him. And one of the great names of God in the Bible is the name Jehovah Rapha. In fact, in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. I am Jehovah Rapha. 
And that Hebrew word, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you, it literally means to mend together, as in stitching broken pieces. Kind of like stitching a broken heart together. And then I think of, you know, one of the greatest examples of Jesus's ministry, um, healing a brokenhearted person is in John chapter 21. And when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And the third time he said to them, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him a third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things and you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. And right here in this passage, this is a picture of Jesus dealing with heartbroken Peter. Imagine yourself in Peter's shoes for just a minute. Imagine Days before, you're watching Jesus being accused by the religious leaders. They've taken him away and now they're questioning him. And you're just hanging out, just trying to see what's going on. When someone all of a sudden comes up to you and they recognize you. And they say, hey, aren't you one of those guys that followed that guy? And you go, nope. I don't even know him. Just put yourself in those shoes for a minute. Because not only does he deny knowing who Jesus is once, he does it three times. Just like his buddy Jesus predicted. He told him, you will deny me three times before the rooster crows. So imagine you just said, I don't know who this guy is for the third time. And Jesus turns and he locks eyes with you. You hear the rooster crow and you see, you see Jesus's deep pain of being rejected by someone who says they would never reject me. A friend who said, I will never deny you. Well, the Bible says that Peter 
went out after that and he wept bitterly. Then imagine that you denied your friend. He watched you do it. And then you watch him go to be crucified. All before you had a chance to make anything right with him. Didn't get to go back and say, oh, forgive me, friend. Forgive me, Lord. I'm so sorry. Nope. No closure here. Nope, your best friend just died on a cross and you didn't do anything to make things right. How brokenhearted would you be? What kind of pain do you think you'd be experiencing at that point without having the right, the ability to say, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Imagine experiencing all the trauma of watching your best friend in the world be crucified only at the, at the oust of you turning your back on him. The size of Peter's soul, spirit hurt, had to be enormous. In fact, the Bible says that Peter was so, and it doesn't say he was so jacked up. This is my commentary. <laughs> you want to buy my commentary? It's for sale. No, I don't have one yet. But my interpretation is the Bible says that Jesus, or that Peter was so messed up, so traumatized, he went back to his old job. I'm not gonna, I, this ministry, I, I'm not cut out. I failed the guy who called me into it. I denied him. He was so brokenhearted, he quit the ministry. That's how bad it was for Peter. But here comes Jesus in John chapter 21. And Jesus knows exactly what to do to minister to Peter's deep grief and remorse. Three times, Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? Allowing Peter three opportunities to express his love and receive Jesus' forgiveness and acceptance. And as Jesus tells Peter to feed my sheep and to take care of my lambs, here's what Jesus is doing. He's affirming his trust in Peter to go back into the ministry and do it well. What could be more powerful than to be reinstated by the very one he betrayed? This is what it looks like when we get healed from our broken heart. This is what it looks like when our spirit, soul hurt gets mended by Jesus Christ. Now, there's a lot of different ways that we receive these kinds of wounds, these kinds of hurts. Some of the common, most common situations that create a wound in our soul are things like abuse, whether it's physical or emotional, verbal or sexual 
Maybe it was a job loss. Maybe you were in an accident and it traumatized you. Sometimes uh, things like a disability or, or not being able to have children over time creates a traumatic wound in the heart. If you have an abortion, that creates a wound in your soul. Divorce always damages the heart. Even going through war and having war memories are traumatic moments that create wounds in our spirit. I mean, they literally call it post-traumatic stress disorder. And probably one of the biggest ways which people get wounded in their soul is through the death of someone they love. Especially if it was an untimely death. One of the ways you can even find out, if you want to find out you have a wound in your soul over the death of someone, ask yourself, what happens in my heart when I think about their being gone? What happens in my heart when I think about them being gone? What emotions do I feel when it gets close to the anniversary of their death? Do I get depressed? Or has Jesus healed my broken heart concerning this loss? You know, in my own life, I had a, an uncle uh, that I was pretty close to. And he died early. He died in his 50s. And it was an untimely death. And when he died, I, I cried and I cried hard. You know, when I lost him, it really hurt me. In fact, I, I remember I was in bed and I was crying and my wife even came in and she was surprised at how emotional I was being over my uncle's death. But as I was processing my hurt, the Lord showed me some really beautiful things that brought healing to my heart. And because I was able to process that and allow the Lord to speak to that thing, I don't get depressed over his death. Do I miss him? Yes. Of course I do. Could I rip open my healed heart by obsessing of what I've lost? Yes, I could. But Jesus gave me something beautiful to hold on to so I don't have to be depressed by him not being here anymore.
Sometimes we, we, get a, a, we develop a, a wound in our soul, um, not necessarily because of something we did, but maybe something that wasn't done for you. You know, what about the child who never hears, I love you? Never gets cuddled. What about the child whose parent or parents never show up at any of their special events? Neglect is just as traumatizing as the things that are committed against us. And there's a whole bunch of emotions that we can have associated with some of these soul spirit hurts. And if you, again, as you connect, if you start thinking about memories, start thinking about some of these emotions. And is that the primary emotion attached to what I remember? You know, stuff, uh, emotions like fear, hate, overwhelming loss, guilt, revenge, abandonment, rejection, depression, frustration, maybe even self-hate. All of those negative emotions can point us towards that we might have a wound in our soul. And if you think that you can just ignore your broken heart, simply pretend it doesn't exist, well... Or, or even worse, medicate your broken heart. I'm going to share just a small list of consequences of what it's like to live with a broken heart. And the first is usually, it's a famous saying that we all, when you're in the people helping people business. And the first one is this, hurt people hurt people. If you want to ignore the pain in your soul, you will continue to be a hurt person hurting other persons. When someone is deeply hurt and broken, they are most assuredly going to be the one who hurts others. It's unavoidable. The most toxic people are the ones who are infecting others with their toxicity. And these soul wounds cause lies and they even cause what we talked about last week. They cause ungodly beliefs to be established. In fact, most of our ungodly beliefs that we've developed in life uh, are formed out of some sort of hurt or trauma or negative experience. Hurts cause hopelessness. You wanna hold on to it? then get ready for hopelessness if you're not already there. Hurts that we don't get rid of can cause shame in our life. The wounds that we don't tend to in our soul, they actually help create for us defense mechanisms. You know, like I'll reject you before you get to reject me. 
or I'll talk about myself so much so that you know how awesome I am because I'm afraid that you're going to reject me. Or I'll put myself down so badly before you have a chance to reject me. Whatever the mechanism is to preserve ourselves. A broken heart that's not healed can cause anger and resentment towards God. Wounds that are in our soul actually can open the door for demonic oppression. Hurts cause blocked emotions. And when it's severely traumatic, damaged emotions can cause multiple personalities. So there are a lot of reasons why we need to get healing and this problem area that every single one of us deal with. Amen? All right. So how do we get healing? How do we get healing from our soul wounds, our spirit wounds? Well, we walk through a similar process like Jesus did with Peter. You know, Jesus came and he restored Peter. He healed him from that traumatic experience of denying him. And since we don't have the privilege of Christ showing up literally in the flesh and having dinner and having this conversation, um, we're going to approach this in a slightly modified way, okay? And again, we're dealing with areas in our lives where we are brokenhearted in the area of some kind of memory or past experience. So if you would, pull out your bulletin insert. So the first thing we do is we pray. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to reveal the memory you want to heal. You just position yourself. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to reveal the memory you want to heal. And then you close your eyes and you listen and you watch as he shows you the hurt. And when he does this, do not dismiss anything. Many times we've created these mechanisms that says, oh, I'm not hurt by that anymore. Oh, I'm over that. Oh, that's not a big deal to me anymore. Whatever the Lord boots up, usually the first thing, you stick with it. You grab it, even if it confuses you. I'm not even mad at that person. I don't remember that person ever hurting me. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your healing path. So we pray that. Holy Spirit, reveal the memory you want to heal. Next thing we pray is we say this. I choose to express my frustration, hurt, and pain to you, Lord. Now this is important because doing this is going to help you release your negative emotions and help you further enter into this hurtful memory. Now, most of us 
do not know how to complain to God. We don't know how to share our negative emotions. And there is a right way to complain, and there is a wrong way to complain. And God is never okay when we complain about him to others. God is totally okay and can handle when we complain to him face to face. Some great examples of this are Psalm 42 and Psalm 142, where we have David complaining to God about his situation. So when you say, I'm going to express it, then you talk to God. I am so ticked off that they did this to me. I can't believe you weren't there. I can't believe this happened. Why did you let this happen to me? This is so wrong. It's so unjust. Pour it out. Because guess what? He already knows it's there. <laughs> Who do you think you're fooling? We're, it's not us where we play games with each other. Oh, I love you. I'm not mad. I got to take your word for it because I can't read your mind. We don't have that problem with the Lord. He already knows how ticked off you are. He already knows you resent him and the people who hurt you. So pour it out. Tell him. He wants honesty in the relationship. He wants vulnerability. He wants transparency in his relationship with you. So pour out your frustration and your complaint. Go out in the back 50, go out in the woods and scream your head off. Go for it. But after you do that, then we move on and we say this, Lord, <laughs> there's more. <laughs> Whew, got that off my chest, I'm done. No, you're not. No, you're not. So the next thing we pray, Lord Jesus, I invite you into this memory. Again, close the eyes, get the memory booted up, and just say, come into this memory. And watch him bring healing and truth. And wait. The next step is you listen and you watch as he brings it. So don't get in a hurry. Wait, listen, what's he going to do? Maybe he'll say something to you. Maybe he'll go, this is what I thought about you in that moment. Maybe he'll say, I was angry your dad said that too. And I cried with you in that moment. Do you see me crying with you now? Maybe he'll come and he'll just hug you and tell you how precious you were. Maybe he'll come in and he'll have a sword and he'll start cutting those negative words that were spoken off of you out of your life. And he declares something into your heart. I don't know. It'll be your special moment with him. If you linger and let him come and speak to your heart. And once that healing comes and you go through a box of Kleenexes, then we go to praise. 
Thank you, Lord, for healing my hurtful memory. Thank you for coming and fixing my broken heart in this one moment. And we thank the Lord. Maybe you'll after that need to go and think about some ungodly beliefs that are connected. Pull that one out and now go, what did I develop as a lifestyle based on that experience that I now believe about myself, I believe about others? You got to go after it. Now, if you go through this process and it, you just, you feel, I just can't figure this, I can't get it, I can't hear anything, I can't see anything from the Lord, it might be because of a hindrance. Okay, And there are many things that can cause a hindrance to our healing. You need to think about these. If you're not getting anywhere, one of the hindrances we experience is unforgiveness. Most of the time, those people who hurt us, if we can't get anything from Christ, it's because we still hate them. We have not said, I forgive you even if they don't deserve it. Unforgiveness is a hindrance. And if you have unforgiveness even towards God, it can be a hindrance. Maybe your hindrance is an unconfessed sin. I'm sorry, God, I even was in that moment. I shouldn't have been there. I shouldn't have done that. I repent. If there's unconfessed sin, maybe a generational sin even, could be present. You guys remember the old Disney movie with uh, Dick Van Dyke and, um, yeah, is it the toy maker? Where they come in as an adult box and dun, 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 yeah. wow, nobody knows what I'm talking about. Anyone talk about? Thank you. Come on, classic movie, clean, easy to watch. The kids get stolen by the long nosed toy. The the oh, that's Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yes, that's exactly what it was. All right, everybody go to the library and get that movie. There's profound truth in there somewhere. <laughs> All right, well, bless the dents, whatever that phone call was. All right, so unconfessed sin. Maybe there's a generational sin that needs to be confessed and repented of. It can hinder you, and it will. Sometimes people can't hear or see Jesus healing them because they're too analytical. I bought that shirt. You know, if you're, a, if you're an, an analyzing machine like me, you're likely to overthink what you're hearing or seeing. That's why I said go with first stuff you see, first stuff you hear. Because what you'll do is you'll go, oh, wait, is that me? Is that the Lord? Uh, you know, just stop. Just stop it. 
just need to stop and have a little bit of faith. Have some faith that what you're hearing or seeing is from the Lord. Just, just go with it. Just go with it right off the bat. Okay? Just assume it is. Then take your skill set and get your concordance and your Bible and your commentaries and find out where it's at in the Bible. Go ahead. You need it backed up by the word. And if it's completely, you find something that says completely the opposite, then chuck it at that point. All right, Jesus, you know, let's go with it. But you need to be in faith. You just need to go with it. You just need to let it happen. Another huge hindrance to healing is, again, any ungodly beliefs you have. If you believe you're unworthy to even get healed, that's going to be a lie you have to get rid of so you can get healed. If you believe God doesn't love you, that's going to block stuff. If you believe God doesn't speak to me, that's going to be a block. If you believe God let this happen to you, and if I forgive the person who hurt me, I won't be protected anymore, that's an ungodly belief. Any of those and many, many others can block you from getting the healing that you're looking for. And if you identify some ungodly belief, then go back to the ungodly beliefs prayer and go through those steps. Then come back to your hurtful memory. And this process can be difficult to go through, to walk through alone. So here's what I recommend. If you really struggle, find someone you trust to help you walk through this. Just ask them to help you pray through there, navigate through this healing moment. I promise something good is gonna happen, amen? All right, well, let's pray. Father, I thank you for the season of deliverance we're in. I thank you, God, that many are here who will be faithful to process, God, what you wanna do in our hearts for healing. And I just pray, Jesus, that you but just make it so clear to everyone as we process our hurtful memories, what you want to say, what you want to do to show that you've, I'm proud of you, I trust you, I love you. So God, come heal us, Lord, in our soul. Heal the brokenhearted, Father, I pray. We thank you for all these things, God. We love you that you came. Your mission was to come and bind up the brokenhearted. Thank you, God, for all you've done in my life and in the lives of everyone here. And continue your healing and restoring work in the name of Jesus. Everybody says, we'll have the altar team up if you need more prayer. And then next week, oh, howdy, we're going to talk about demons. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can compare your our living hope.